0: sermon really is a conversation. So I've invited the Reverend Gary McAlpin, the guy we ordained, remember, to come forward, and our intern, Yadni Hailu, also a minister, to join me in a conversation. We asked for your questions And I want to preface our um, attempting to answer them. And if we have time, we'll take questions from the floor. We did discuss beforehand, we're ministers, and I said, okay, you can answer with just two words. And they were like, what? (laughs) Because we are trained to expand, we will try and uh, keep our answers concise. Yeah, right. But we thought, so there are two reasons for doing this for me. Um, again, you being Unitarian Universalist is about being transparent. We don't hold all of the answers. I am not the one with all the knowledge. Hence, at least two other people, and let me just say, at least 100 other people have other answers that are just as good. Uh, so that's one thing. And... Um, Because we value curiosity. And there is no bad question. I know that's trite, but I think that's true because we're all in different paths and there'll be something that is so obvious to you that I'm like, I don't get it. Everything from God, is there one, huh, what, what's that about? To um, how come the church always does this? Ah, so that's my preface. We haven't really talked about how we'll take turns, but we'll try and be equitable in um, the very first one is, could all three of you speak briefly about how you heard your call to ministry? Who wants to start? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can start. You start. All right. Um, so I, I've often shared the story um, in a story format, the narrative of this happened and that happened and then I thought this and so bada bing bada boom I'm in school. Um, I'm, I'm going to take a different approach today and how I heard my call to ministry I think started in childhood um, with an earnestness to serve and a curiosity about what was wrong in the world why were people suffering in which ways were they suffering getting close to people getting curious um, led to being involved in the church I was raised in and then moving churches and being more involved in that youth group and um, in school also getting fascinated by sociology and anthropology going to college studying it then switching to leadership and thinking more about the ethics of leadership, all of this was my curiosity of how can we be human in a way that doesn't hurt as much and in fact actually brings life. And so the story element is I found um, Unitarian Universalism after returning home from visiting Ethiopia for two months. And I realized that I was really isolated and I I I felt good about my spirituality, but I was around no one. (laughs) And I didn't have friends. I went to school online. I worked online as well some. So I realized I needed people in my life. So I looked up a spiritual center. I didn't even want a church. And then I found All Souls and was shocked that there was an organized way of doing this. And they called it Unitarian Universalism, and they've been doing it for years. And (laughs) it's like, what? (laughs) Did not get the memo. So... I got the memo, and fast forward a few years, I was in seminary, and now I'm here. So I think it started more so in, in, in the curiosity of how to help people.
2: Can you hear me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Yes? Okay. Yeah. I, I think the as I was, you know, been thinking about this question, I think the very first time that I felt that call – was one of my relatives took me to a Pentecostal church. And I remember, I was probably seven, I remember sitting in the congregation thinking, I can do a lot better than that. <laughs> That's the first time I think.
1: That's beautiful. Thank you.
2: No offense if you're Pentecostal. <laughs> Because we have those in the UU, too. so.
0: Well, and how many are sitting out here going, I can do better than that?
1: <laughs> Be our colleagues. Come on. <laughs> we'll
0: tell you about Phillips Seminary. Come meet with us for coffee. Okay, so I'm Unitarian Universalist, and I have to go, wait, that, call, that question doesn't fit. Can I change the words? Can I ask it a different way? The word call comes from... Uh, a Christian context and has to do with the Holy Spirit and whether you hear God's voice. And then it's singular, like a call happens and then you're somehow different. And um, so I have to say I'm still listening. <laughs> and I sometimes hear a voice that says yeah, you're on the right path. I, I, I grew up in a church context, so I, am, I understand what it means to be with a group of people. I th- don't think you can do and ask these questions about life and death and what it means to be in community on your own. But that doesn't, that's different than being a leader. Uh, and I, lately I've been trying on the mantle of, I feel like a reluctant minister because I'm much more interested in collaboratively leading And call, to me, implies somehow, um, as I prefaced, having answers in a way that I find I learn from you all. Uh, And so my call is about being willing to work and be transparent and fall flat on my face in trying to be the most compassionate human being I can be and show you the warts and... uh, Mistakes to get down, fall up. I mean, fall down, get up, fall down, get up, fall down, get up. That's it. Um, Number two is what questions should we members be asking ourselves? What questions should the congregation be asking? itself. We kind of will get to it later on in my book and that is what does it mean to be a church in 2018 what does it mean to be a church in 2028 What does it mean to be um welcoming to everyone, knowing that we're all on different places along this path, and uh, we have to be open to that. It looks so different.
1: I started last time <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, since uh I guess I drew the short straw. <laughs> the questions that I'll just say you as members should be asking yourself is, yeah. how am I called? Where am I called? To what am I called? Because I truly believe in that analogy that we're a body, that we're each members of a body. That's kind of an old Christian concept. you know. If, Anyone familiar with that? Mm-hmm. You know, some are the head, some are the, you know, some of us are, you know. <laughs> we're there for a purpose, right? <laughs> no matter what body part we are. we. Can. And so even if you're the spleen, you're important. And so where, where are we called? And, and I'm an introvert, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I just am. And, but I love this. I love doing this. And so there's some areas that I'm uncomfortable with. But at the same time, there's other areas that you know, I'll jump into. And, and so even within my own calling, I know that there's places that I really shouldn't be and that I'm not the best at. Mm. And so as members of our congregation, where do you fit in? What are your talents? What are your passions? And yet, where are your shortcomings? Where would be a challenge for you? I'm going to try it. I'm really uncomfortable, but I'm going to try it. So where do you fit in? And I think that's a challenge that all of us face in life, but especially here, because this is this is our family. And so my my answer to that would be, where is our calling?
1: Amen. Um, a question that I often think about, and I really like, is: Is this serving me, or how is this serving me? Because it often helps me, even when I don't want to do something. It helps consider to to have an answer to that question. Though you need to know what your vision is, what's your mission? What what are, what are you here for? What what is your role, what is the goal, all of that, then you can consider, is this serving me? Is getting into this uncomfortable situation, serving my mission and vision to be more inclusive and learn about humanity and show up and have a community? Then bada bing, bada boom, I'm going to action, right? But if it's something else of um, holding a grudge or never speaking to someone because they don't agree with you, is that serving my mission and vision of being inclusive and open-hearted, no, so I don't think it's serving me. Um, So that's a question I use often for myself, and I think it's helpful both when we consider how we are in community and also how we are individually. Is this serving me?
0: I told you there was great wisdom up here. Um, This next question I'd like to preface, it's very specific. And it was, um, some of these questions came anonymously, but this one, because it's so specific, was signed. And I've communicated with the family that asked it and also alerted uh, some people just so they'd know it was coming. And I'm, uh, so I'm going to read it to you. And I think we should all take it to heart. It's not meant to uh, shame, but for us to go, huh, okay, how can we do something differently uh, and I want to say something about um, any complaint you have about the church or any struggle you have. We're trying to be a healthy church, so there are places to put your problems. If I have a problem with a person, I should go to that person first before I triangulate and go, <coughs> Yad me, you won't believe. <laughs> so, how to turn something that is a complaint and keep it from becoming gossip is saying, I have this problem. I'm going to sign my name to it and let you know. My question is, why does your congregation virtually ignore its visitors? We have visited your church twice in the past two weeks. One sweet lady named Alice greeted us, but no one, and I mean no one, but Alice spoke to us again. We initiated a conversation with one young couple the first week how do you build a healthy congregation when you virtually ignore visitors? How do you make visitors feel welcome, included, and made you feel you'd love to have them join your congregation? Um, Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Ouch, thank you for voicing that. something we say when we bring uh, do our newcomer ceremony is the church will disappoint you and you will disappoint the church somewhere along the line. And that's just what it means to be a human institution. Um, I'll just speak in general for hospitality, how Uh, I was raised with a very specific kind of southern hospitality that I realize has elements that are destructive and not always so hospitable. And um, welcoming someone who's an introvert versus someone who's an extrovert, someone who walks in the door and immediately wants hugs and to tell you everything about their life and have you listen versus someone who's like, okay, I want at least two years before I really tell you anything and get to know you to make sure I trust you we have to navigate that hold on I'll, we'll, I'll let Gary and Yodney, uh I'll just say I'll just say I'm sorry if you're here I'm so sorry that you experienced um, that pain and this is the kind of member we want because they came and experienced something awful and we're willing to tell us about it and sign their name to it and say, at, uh, to give someone a second or third chance. Thank you for giving us a second or third chance.
2: I'll, I'll just say, I'll just say um, Thank you for writing this. Um, and and like I was saying about us being parts of the body, I, I am not the kind of person who, if I'm, if I'm visiting a church, the last thing I want is a whole bunch of people coming up and, you know, and, and just show me where the bathroom is, you know? <laughs> I, I want to kind of get away a little bit. And so, but if I'm on duty as a greeter or something, that's hard for me that's that's a that's pushing me out of my comfort zone having to interact and be a host sort of person and whereas let's get together and talk back here you know in a small group or or by ourselves I'm really into that and so I think the way that this is done is figuring out as a body who are those people I know we have committees and you know we've been coming for how long over a year and and there's still new people that i meet that come up and say i'm a member here we don't come that often but i'm a member and i you know and so i'm meeting new people all the time still and and i i don't want to assume well you're a member or you're a guest <laughs> because with my memory, <laughs> I, I just, I don't remember. And so especially, and I'll just, here I, I'm going to expose myself. After our son died, my memory has been, my short-term memory is really, really bad. And so if, if, I'm, if I forget a name or, or that we met, you know, I'm sorry. It's not intentional at all. Um, I mean, I would do a group hug with all of you right now. If you wanted to, I would, (laughs) I really would. But at the same time, I may not remember you. And so I'm just saying just because there might not have been an overshowing of love or concern doesn't mean that there aren't people here that are concerned and that do have love for those that come. And I, I think it's important, again, for us to figure that out, you know, as a body as a collective here, as a community? What do we do, you know? It's something we need to talk about.
1: Mm. Um, Yeah, I echo the gratitude and empathy and compassion for the person's experience to have come here. It's hurtful for them, and, and I'm sorry for that hurt. And I'm also grateful for the courage to speak up, speak truth to power. We need to hear it. Um, upon receiving it, I also, I hear this, there's a juxtaposition. I don't want, um, we know it's not helpful when everyone just like ups their enthusiasm and just like rushes anyone that comes in. Serves no one, and it scares people. Um, and and <laughs> some. it does. Uh, well, some. And then even for the people who are playing the part of being the overly enthusiastic, I think a lot of us, Don't live at a 17, you know? On like a 1 to 10, we're usually somewhere (laughs) lower. And so it's inauthentic, even from us. um, Out of the desperation of like, but I want you to know you're loved. And that's intense. So, to this, my advice or my hope is that we take this as someone said, do better. And we can. And we don't do better anxiously because then we'll scare people. We do better by taking a breath and daring to make eye contact with everyone around us. Who's around me? Oh, I haven't talked to you in a while, what's up? Hey, it's subtle, see? As an introvert myself, I would not feel threatened. I would <laughs> not feel attacked. It's taking a breath, being present, and daring to look people in the eye, whether you know them or not, whether they're familiar face or not, and even simply looking someone in the eye and smiling. I get chills. So we, we just take a breath and do better.
0: We have about five more minutes and many questions. When and where do you do your best ministry? What about your worst?
1: I'm going rapid fire now. Great. Go All rapid right. fire. Worst, min- worst ministry is uh, going to parties and like saying hi to everyone. It's not my call. (laughs) Um, My best ministry is speaking one on one, and I also like conducting worship.
2: Um, Best ministry is when I'm with people. and and that can be in any setting as long as I'm not the one responsible having to individually do things with each person because then I, the memory thing which brings me to my worst my worst is anything that that requires me to remember everything it's kind of the flip side of the coin so the best, I I just, I, I love being with people as long as it's in a smaller space, and unless I'm up there, then then it then it's like it can be thousands. It doesn't matter. Whereas like this size is is perfect. It's maximum for me. I don't. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, feels confessional. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um. I do my best ministry, and, and Yadni kind of hit, I, now I can't remember what term you used, but it was like intention. When my intention is clear, I do my best ministry. And by intention, that also means my ego, I'm out of the way. Um, and I do my worst ministry when my ego is engaged and I'm fearful or anxious and I want a very specific outcome. So having an intention is good. Thinking it's going to look a certain way is when I really do my worst ministry. And then I get scared because it's not looking the way I think it's supposed to look. And then you miss the beauty of all of the options that show up, which is why we do this as a body and community. Mm. What is a new spiritual practice you're exploring, a regular spiritual practice you've done for a while, and a spiritual practice of days gone that was once dear. Spiritual practices in general.
2: Um, A new spiritual practice I've been exploring is uh, psychedelic mushrooms. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. I'm just kidding. Really? We're going to bring Michael (laughs) Pollan. I really am joking. But if any of you do it <laughs> and have a weekend or something, I'm not opposed to. Never mind. Um, I, a new spiritual practice that I've been doing is making sure that I get to water.
1: Mm. Mm. Mm.
2: Getting to water. And because of what water represents, the, and, it's, and I prefer moving water. And mm. so that, that's, it's something that I have intentionally done. Um, days gone, spiritual days gone that once... Done for a
0: while and one that you don't do anymore.
2: Yeah, the old, you know, I I come from the more of the fundamentalist thing where you had to read your Bible all the time and if you didn't, you know, you were sliding back. And I don't feel like that. I don't do that sort of thing, but I'm much, I'm broader in what I'm reading, what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. and my spiritual practice. So.
1: That's great. Um, I will go. Same for uh, the past. I used to read my Bible a lot, but I had to, and I don't. Ironically, while in seminary, still. And my current, or the one that I've done for a while, is walking and and meditation. Walking meditation and just sitting, seated meditation. And a new practice I'm exploring has been, I used to sing a lot in choirs growing up. And one part of this current phase of life I'm in has been not being in a choir. And so in filling that kind of space in my heart, I've started doing some more um, chanting, which is like, who knew, you know? Feeling fancy, feeling cool. So I started chanting some, and it's, it's cool. It's music. It's nice.
0: Uh, A new spiritual practice I'm exploring is I've started saying to myself in all the instances that arise each day, um, I abide, meaning I can accept whatever is happening as it's happening. Mm. Um, A regular spiritual practice, I think I've mentioned this before, I do a sitting meditation too, but I've uh, started doing a a morning and evening uh, holy to-do list And it's not a list I used to flog myself because I didn't get through it. In fact, the first item on it is make your holy to-do list. And then coffee meditation. I sit there and drink my coffee. So um, call a friend. And at the night, I just review it, and I get to scratch things off and write two things I'm grateful for. And I have found it grounds me in the morning and evening and reading along with it. And spiritual practice of days gone by. You know, I grew up Episcopalian, and I went to a memorial service about a month ago, and I don't miss communion, but I miss communion. Mm-hmm. It's a ritual act that they do every Sunday, and you, there's that gossipy part of it. You get to see people get up and walk up and go, oh, that's the dress she's wearing today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to see Frank, really good. Um, and Neil and... and and receive food. What's wrong with food? Nothing. And wine. When I was 13, I got to drink wine. So uh, we miss, we've thrown out a lot of these sacraments that I miss. Don't know how to bring them back. Okay, we are. And this last, we have more. So I'll just read them all. Why we have a church? Why are we here? Is there a purpose for churches in the 21st century? Is this a Christian church? Is it okay to be upset when good things happen to bad people?
1: Do you have one more? No, that's the same. It's the same as the first. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: And I I propose we each answer one. Okay. Why we have a church? Why are we here? Is there a purpose for churches in the 21st century? Two words, you know. (laughs) Anybody want to tackle that one? What's the purpose? church now, today? Me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is no other institution in our country that is intergenerational, opens the door to conversations and thinking about life and death and everything in between and all these notions that churches are going to die I think, is hooey. We will be reborn. We will be restructured. But I think human beings will always need a way to gather and um, express our biggest feelings from joy to the deepest despair in community and not just with strangers but with people who've seen you work through your joy and despair.
1: Hmm.
0: That's why I'm here. (laughs) Hmm. And we do have to think about how that looks different. But every... uh, the church has always had to deal with changes in technology. And yeah. Do you want to answer that? Do you want
1: the last one? Or do you want this I next one? I want the one? one
2: about being pissed off.
0: Okay. <laughs> Is it okay to be upset when good things happen to bad people? Yes. <laughs> you get be, a second word.
2: <laughs> be angry and sin not. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's okay. Just don't hurt the person. We are emotional beings, and we're going to have a reaction. And, I mean, look at our illustrious leader. He's winning every day. That doesn't make me happy. But he is, apparently.
1: Can I add to that? (laughs) Okay. At a certain point, does it serve you? Does it honestly serve you to hold that? Mm. At first, heck yeah, let that rage flow. Let it just and let it. It's an emotion. It's energy in motion. So let it move on through and out and be done with that. Because it's not helping. Homeboy's still living his life up there, still crazy, still in power. Sorry. So (laughs) (laughs) how? Focus on your life, right? Like focus on where you have power. And I can understand like a moment of like woo, but then let it go. It doesn't serve you. To hold on to it forever Is this a Christian church? Yes, for some. No. Yeah. <laughs> for some.
2: Yes, no. <laughs> Historically,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. But and many many here are still Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd like to honor For some, for many? Yeah. The spectrum. It's my I'm sorry we didn't have questions Time for questions from the floor. We ran over. Um, Gerald, you wanted to say something? Okay. We should do this again, huh?
1: Thank you all for
0: your compassion and patience, and we'll carry on.